Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In sports talk. Today is Sunday, August 4th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Way in Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Welcome everyone to August. We are finally here and what August means to me and probably all of you is football season is is rapidly approaching. Tonight actually is the first NFL preseason game, the Hall of Fame game between Dallas and Miami and you know it's it's not it's not real football but at least it's football. I mean it doesn't count, it doesn't mean a lot, but at least there's football on and as soon as you see the preseason that means the college and NFL season is very, very close, and I'm excited because we're only we're less than four weeks away from college football kicking off here, and that's what we've been waiting on. So from now until then, we're going to gear it up a little bit. We're going to cover a lot of college football and NFL. We're even going to touch on some baseball like we will early in the show just because it's still baseball season and playoff pitchers starting to, to take shape. So I'm going to bring in – Mr. Trey Patterson, the the co-host of this show. I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me, so don't think for one second that you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous. What up, Big T? What's going on, buddy? Oh, nothing. Football is here. Football is here. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know that's that's the buzzword, but, uh, you know, I agree with you. I mean, can we really call the NFL preseason I mean, football? I mean, I got it on. I'm watching the game. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's nice to see the NFL back. It's nice to see that college will be back really soon. But, you know, these games don't count. And, honestly, uh, I'm more worried about watching, you know, a, a football player I have playing tonight getting hurt than I am, you know, watching the X's and O's. So, but it's the good stuff in the right direction, Tarvin, for sure. My TV tonight is on the Atlanta Braves-Phillies game on ESPN. I know that sounds crazy, but this winning streak has me has me tuned in. I'm back and forth. But it's kind of hard to watch the, the preseason game, honestly. I mean, these guys, we don't even know who they are. It's not who's going to be playing. But it is good. The only thing good about this game tonight, Trey, like I said earlier, is football is very close. That, that's really what it means. And so tonight, as we're talking, we're less than four weeks away from from kickoff, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Less than four weeks away, it's uh, getting real close. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's, you know, it's time to start thinking about football. You know, fantasy football drafts are going on. 
college football rankings are out. You know, I mean, that's it. It's time, Tarvin. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might get some help from the audience, Trey. You know, from my fantasy team, we keep five keepers, and and I have to keep Julio and Julio Jones and Andre Johnson. But I'm not, I may keep, uh, you know, three quarterbacks. You never know what I'm gonna do. I have Cam, Russell Wilson, and Tom Brady. Out of those three, which two would you keep? Right now, I'm keeping Cam and Brady. But if anybody out there thinks I should. Uh, Keep Wilson, let me know. But I still have AP in the backfield, so we'll get to that later. We'll talk about some fantasy. But, Trey, right before our show tonight, uh, and by the way, I apologize for moving it to 830. We have to get out of here a little earlier tonight, but I appreciate everybody listening. Call at number 646-716-5564. But, Trey, breaking news in college football. Johnny Manziel is being investigated by the NCAA for – you know, selling his, his autograph on a lot of memorabilia. It seems like it's in the five-figure range that while he was at the national championship game that, that he was making a little money on the side. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I've seen the story. Um, basically, what it boils down to, if you're really if you really want to jump the gun, here's exactly as the facts as we know them. Someone has put together that Johnny Menzel signed some autographs in a format that implies that basically, you know, they saw him going through a like one through nine hundred or whatever, and then they assume because there was money, uh, they assume that basically it was money exchanged, but that doesn't mean that we there was there was money exchanged. So, I mean, this is a really one of those stories that could be much ado about nothing. Uh, so before you think that Johnny Manziel isn't going to play football this year, you know, this is one of those. It's going to build um, be a while for this builds into something, even if it is something. But it's not something to assume unless you just happen to be a Johnny Manziel hater, uh, which you and I have been critical, but this is this is not something that I'm jumping the gun on. Well, here's the danger, Trey. Here's here's a here's the danger if you're Texas A and M right now. Just say, you know, it is it takes long. Just say if he did take payment and it takes them a while to prove it. In Texas A and M, could you imagine? They beat Alabama in college station, all of a sudden they're nine and oh. And all of a sudden, here comes the NCAA out and says he's ineligible. And what that means is every game he's played this season, since that happened after the season last year, they lose. So if you're Texas A&M, you have to be very, very careful, Trey, not to play him if you think there's any chance of him getting caught for this because you could throw your whole entire season away. But if you do not have Johnny Manziel on that field, you're not going to win anyway, so you have to play it. Well, and, you know, again, I don't know if this is going anywhere. Basically what you have is a large assumption of wrongdoing. One, because we know Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel has done things incorrectly in the past. So that's one of the reasons why this is such a big story. Two, it's a big story because you have the Heisman Trophy winner in Duvall. It would be a big story no matter what. But anytime you have a Heisman Trophy winner in the SEC, and it's you know I mean it's going to be a, even a greater deal because you know yeah we know how the SEC treats football so I just I think right now we should all just be sort of take a step back and uh, understand there really aren't facts to indict Johnny Menzel of court yet you know I mean if it gets there it gets there but it's not there yet but I mean I find it odd that like right after he did all of that signing you go to eBay and all of a sudden there's so much, so many items with his name and signature on it. And this is coming from a guy that wasn't even really signed for his teacher, Trey. 
So I don't think Johnny Manziel is going to run around signing stuff for free like all of a sudden it shows up the next day. I think anytime there's smoke, there's usually fire. But but anytime you have fame, like somebody like Johnny Manziel, um, you have to watch out because people are going to try to tear him down now. So I, this is the time of football year I hate because you're waiting till the season starts, and this is where all the crap gets started and all the rumors and everything. Trey, why can't people just play football? Let's, let's leave all this nonsense behind us. Well, anytime you know we, we talked about it all summer long, you know we were a month into sort of you know all the scandals and every and all the player trouble, and always seems to you know this is the time where most players get in trouble. It's usually not after the season; it's usually leaning towards the next season. So, you know, for Manziel, I mean, you said the weather there's smoke, there's fire. And, yeah, I'm not sure there's smoke here, Tarman. You know, this is the same. You know, ESPN lost a little credibility with the Auburn story. I mean, let's be honest; we all remember them breaking. <laughs> The Auburn story and what happened, really nothing happened. So it's not as if ESPN, every time they break a story, it's mm-hmm. legitimate. And really all they said, all that's been broken, is that the NCA is looking into it. So, yeah, that's fine if you have suspicious facts. And the NCA has loved to look into Johnny Manziel, partly because Manziel has drawn attention to himself in negative light. But also because, you know, hey, he's 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 on top right now. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. So I'm not sure we're there for fire, I guess, is my point, Tarvin. So I would hold, I said, hold, hold off a on good judgment. Point. That is a good point, Trey. And, and remember when the Cam Newton thing came out, they made it sound like he was a goner. And it was Joe Shad for ESPN. And here again, it's Joe Shad for ESPN. It seems like, you know, he – he takes a hundred swings at a tray. He might foul one off, is what he's hoping. But you're right. I mean, until we know what's going on, really, these are just allegations. There's, I mean, for as far as I know, there's no proof for him being eligible right now. So you're right. We're gonna wait. We're gonna hold judgment on this. And, and one thing I would say um, is, is he's for money. Johnny Manziel. I don't know if he would put his career at jeopardy. For twenty five, thirty thousand dollars, when he's from oil money trade. I mean, he, he, it's not like he needs the money, and I think he's smarter, smarter than that. And remember, his parents brought trunk loads of uh, merchandise and memorabilia for him to sign anyway for free. Correct? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if his parents were signing if it was free, but you know, there's another part to this as well, which is you know, if his parents are the one doing it for money. Um, that's sort of another issue, too, um, which, you know, like I said, there's no trail of money yet. But, I mean, his family comes from money, so sometimes this really doesn't add up. Uh, but sometimes the NCAA uh, locks into people or players or teams in hopes of finding something. And it really seems like Texas A&M is in their crosshairs now with the hopes that they get something to stick. Well, Paul said something earlier. Um, we were talking, and he's, you know, all this stuff with A&M, Manziel just came out, and you had so much smoke around the Alabama football program with the T-Town menswear tray, uh, mm-hmm. payment of players. You had the steroid usage, the film, actually film of the guys buying steroids in a hotel room before the championship game, but you never hear anything. But all of a sudden, now Johnny Manziel's in the news. Uh, I just don't get it. If anybody was in the news, I thought it would be somebody like South Carolina or Bama right now. But Johnny Manziel needs to be very careful because they're going to try to destroy this guy. So 
ESPN and Joe Shad. As long as Joe Shad's reporting a trade, I'm not even going to buy it just yet. But I, I do think where there's smoke, there's fire. That's just my mentality Some most of the time. Sometimes it's like the Cam Newton. There was smoke there, and there was probably a fire. You just couldn't – you didn't have time to go to the woods to find it. But you, you never know what's happening in college football. We're not there. But um, I know you don't want to talk much about this, and we won't harp on it much. But Riley Cooper actually left the Eagles – you know, he was excused from practices for counseling, Trey. What I need to know from you is, will he be an Eagle when we start the season this year? Yeah, you know, I mean, here's the thing on Riley Cooper. I mean, you and I talked about this, and I think what he said was wrong. I no way would I defend Riley Cooper, even if he's – I mean, even if you take it to the far extreme and that Riley Cooper uh, is a racist. That team itself, and just the Eagles, and you and I talked about this, is full of players who've gotten second chances for being, um, you know, whether they've beat their girlfriend, whether they've committed felonies, uh, convicted felons. I mean, this team has, in and of itself, guys full of second chances, and and for far worse things. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think that, you know, Riley Cooper probably needs to do some introspection, and that's fine. Um, you know, for him to go off and do his personal thing. But as far as deserving of a second chance to play, he probably does, Tarvin. I mean, you know, this, you know, like I said, this is a team that's given far pe- worse folks second chances, and I, I'm not sure why Riley Cooper would not get one. Well, my opinion, and I've said it before, I think what he said was terrible. I think it, I mean, it's bad. But you also had another Indiana Pacer player, Trey, come out and, and say some pretty harsh uh, – I'm getting some background noise, Trey. Can you check that, please? Yeah, go ahead. Might be, it might be me. But, uh, you know, what's his name, uh, the big guy for the, the Pacers? He he said some nasty things on air, you know, and, and he got fined a little bit. He never left practice. He never was suspended. The thing is, look, you got a guy that, that killed dogs. He went to prison for a felony. You've got people beating women – which that's the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, is hurt a kid or beat a woman, anything like that. And now everybody wants to be a saint and and judge this guy. What he did was wrong. There's no doubt about it. But should he ever have been excused from practice? No. Should he be in counseling? That's up to him. That's him alone. That's nobody else. You can't change the mindset of someone. If he is a racist, he's a racist. The thing is, can you exist with him? Riley Cooper may have a problem with – you know, dealing with white feeders and felons and criminals. But the bottom line is, can you get in that locker room, Trey, and can you can you work together as one and be successful? This is not good news for Chip Kelly right now, his first year in coaching, having to deal with this. No, not at all. I mean, you know, LaShawn McCoy, who's had his own problems off the field, you know, already came out and said, you know, he doesn't, he lost a friend, you know, he can't, he doesn't know how they're going to coexist. Well, obviously, you know, LaShawn McCoy is a very, very talented running back. But, you know, for, for LaShawn McCoy, who's at his own demons and his past <laughs> to be so uh, unforgiving, it's just, I mean, it's just a lot of these players are very hypocritical when it comes to their own stuff. Uh, and then somebody else gets in trouble for something and they seem to flip a switch. So, you know, Tarvin, I'll be happy when this is over, whether it's, you know, Riley Cooper's gone from the Eagles, whether he's, with the Eagles, I, mean, I really don't care what happens to Riley Cooper, to be honest with you. I mean, he's not a guy who I particularly have ever liked. I hated him when he was at Florida uh, when I was because I'm a Florida State fan. I thought he was obnoxious. 
who was always one of those guys who, uh, you know, tended to over-exaggerate every catch he made and, you know, overemphasize his importance. So, I mean, to me, Riley Cooper has always been kind of a obnoxious football player. Um, but, you know, I'm just ready for the story to be over. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll close in this, but it just shows the Eagles right now, they don't have that true leader in that locker room because Michael Vick, even though he spoke okay with him and, and, and said he forgave him, it's still not enough, you know, to, to sway the locker room. I guarantee you if that was Ray Lewis that came out and said, I forgive him, we're going to get it together, everybody would be on board. So the Eagles have more problems than Riley Cooper. They don't have a leader in that locker room, Trey. Yeah, that's a very good point, Aaron. Very good point. And that's one thing that I'm, I don't know if this would have happened on a more veteran team, what would happen. But look, guys, that's a bad, they ought to remove it from the, the language. Anybody sort of commercializing this word all the time, they need to get rid of it. And, and we wouldn't have this problem anymore. But he did something bad, and we're not going to harp on it. I had to get your opinion. If you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. Trey, we're going to hit a quick commercial break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little baseball. We'll be right back. Have you ever seen a picture on the Internet and just think to yourself, I'd love to have that on a shirt? Or maybe you'd like your company logo on a shirt. Well, Actionware Screen Printing is the place for you. We'll print whatever design you want on any surface you desire. Just give us the idea and we'll make it happen. For more information, message us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life. All right, we are back. And Trey, while we were at break, I saw in the chat room uh, where Jonathan asked, what if Tom Brady had said this? What do you think would have happened? Oh, well, I think there's a difference in who says it for sure. I mean, there's absolutely a difference in who says it. I mean, Tom Brady says it. I mean, this is a, a story for sure. I, mean, I think it's a story no matter what, who says it. But do I think that players in that locker room would have come out and said, hey, man, we forgive Tom Brady? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they would. And, look, there's, you, you hear it every day, and, and we're not going to harp on this, Trey, but – Baseball, real quick, the Braves are up 2 to nothing right now in the bottom of the second against Philadelphia. Trey, you keep bad-mouthing them, saying they're going to choke, and I need you to keep doing that, bud, because every time you do it, they keep winning. So what's your prediction now? <laughs> well, I like how you say that I think they need to be concerned about choking because of what happened last year, and two, they will choke. Uh, I'm not saying they will choke. I'm just saying last year around this time, they were doing very well. I mean, if you recall, after the All-Star break, it started off very hot last year as well, and that didn't turn out yeah. so hot. So what I'm saying is is the Braves need to ensure, through the young pitching and the young hitting, uh, they're in for the long haul. Yeah, you're right. And and there's a lot of baseball game, games to be played, and you're right, the youth and everything. But, Trey, I do believe this year, the difference is they have a, a lot bigger lead. And I, and I might be wrong if I can remember. What are they, about 12 games up? And that's – even though you get cold, it's going to be hard to, to lose that amount of games. But if they do not make the World Series this year, this whole season is a failure. I mean, it, it really is. You have to be consistent. You have to make it to the playoffs, and you have to win. You have to make it to that World Series, and, and, and we'll follow them. But in baseball, real quick, A-Rod – Joe Girardi said today, and this is this is what made me laugh, that he's penciling in A-Rod for the lineup tomorrow night. 
And I, I don't know. Do you think he's going to get suspended for this for – I mean, I, I guess he can't appeal it, right, Trey? If he does get suspended for drug use, for steroids, performance-enhancing drugs, A-Rod said he's going to appeal it, so that would allow him to be in the lineup tomorrow night, correct? Yeah, I mean, basically Major League Baseball is suspending A-Rod under the collective bargaining agreement or the drug policy, one of the two, and he's going to be able to play during any appeal. So it looks like that baseball is trying to uh, suspend him for the rest of this year and all of next year. So it looks like A-Rod's going to appeal it. And, you know, what baseball really needs um, is going to be uh, a resolution to this. I mean, if he appeals it, it's honestly very, very bad for baseball because uh, there's nothing worse than baseball having this. This is what our at least our second large go around with the steroid era. We had the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, and that whole crew who um, you know baseball did not suspend any of them. And so you had the you know the whole Congress and the you know testifying and all this stuff and trials, and then now you have baseball actually coming out and issuing these. Uh, you know, these suspensions, Tarvin, this is what baseball needs. Baseball needs to overwhelm these guys with evidence and get them all to take it. It looks like about 12 guys are going to be in the list tomorrow. Uh, A-Rod's going to be one of them. Looks like Bartolo Colon is not going to make the list because he's already served his suspension. But, um, you know, Nelson Cruz is, is one of the big ones, too. I mean, this guy's got 27 home runs, Tarvin. I keep, I keep harping on him because, honestly, he means more to the playoffs this year than A-Rod does. So, you know, if Nelson Cruz uh, serves his suspension this year, I mean, Texas, who's making up a lot of ground this week on the Oakland Athletics, I mean, that's going to be a big loss for them. I mean, hit, Cruz has hit, what, a game-tying home run this week. I mean, this guy's this guy just really big for his, his team. Well, Trey, I have some names of the players that, that will be suspended for a year or two, and it starts with Felix Hernandez, uh, Nick Markakis, Justin Morneau, Clayton Kershaw, Matt Garza, Gallardo from Milwaukee. Trey, that's your entire fantasy team, man. <laughs> just going down. <laughs> well, I, mean, I would be remiss if, if I didn't point out that, you know, the Brian Tarvin had a player uh, on his football team that he talked about keeping all of last year. And if the chat can guess his name, no, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys. It was Aaron Hernandez. Now, that's right. Aaron Hernandez was on Tarvin's football team. Tarvin, how do you how do you defend your position on and and Barry Bonds was on my fantasy team when he broke the record, baby. I've had Barry forever, and so my, my team is full of PED bed users here, Trey. I mean, I have to admit it, but not murderers though. I, I wasn't going to keep Hernandez, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> you were going to keep Hernandez. You're you're building him up last year, greatest football tight end ever since Tony Gonzalez. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. My, 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 I had Daryl Kyle, too. I traded to get, get Daryl <laughs> Kyle. The next night he was dead in his hotel room. So I get Hernandez in a nice trade, and then he, he gets put in jail for murder. So I'm not going to do any trades for for a little while. I'm going to cool off on those. But, but A-Rod, you know how the Yankees could win my heart, Trey? Is when this suspension comes out, they just tell him, here's your money. Now get out of Dodge. We don't want you anymore. But you have to think about it, Trey. He's going to come back at 40 years old. What good is he going to be? And that's why I'm just like, what is he going to do? If he comes back and plays a few games and gets suspended for a year and a half, I mean, he's going to be 40 years old. Well, clearly, you know, his his goal is to bank as much money as possible. He's got 40 years on his deal left. So, you know, even if, and even if he does come back at 40 and is really pathetic, 
I mean, he's got so much money owed to him. So you know, his, his, I think his his ability right now, or his, his what he's trying to do, is remit some of that. You know, basically we're talking about a year and a quarter, or a year and maybe forty percent of the next year a suspension. Uh, so he's trying to keep as much money as possible. I think, I think honestly, if, if A Rod really cared about his image, if he cared anything about the game or the Yankees, he would take his suspension. He would work out a deal with baseball, and then he would try to come back at forty. Uh, and if he really is talented, Harden, maybe he could make something of those two years. Well, well, here's the deal, Trey, and and I want to see what y'all think about it. Everybody in the chat room, if you want to call in. I think these these organizations are responsible for this too, and everybody's pointing the fingers at A Rod, A Rod, Ryan Braun. Are you telling me, as a manager, a ball club, you're the manager of that team, you can't tell that someone's using drugs, using performance enhancing drugs. You're around somebody every day, Trey. If I play baseball with you every day, and I see you play, and all of a sudden you're starting to hit bombs, you're starting to get stronger, faster, and you don't get stronger during the season in baseball because you don't work out. Something's wrong. I mean, something is definitely wrong. And I think not only finding the players, suspending them, but also taking a huge chunk of money out of the pockets of the of the organization, Trey, I think they're to, they're to blame just as much as the players are for using. Well, you know, another thing that the, 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 the players, and if you listen to some of the players, especially we're talking about union reps for the team, some of what they've talked about is actually, I mean, we're talking about a complete and utter, I mean, a profound change of policy by a lot of these players. And they're, these are the representatives for the team. I mean, Skip Schumacher, and I saw, I saw another one earlier today who actually advocated as a player union rep for a lifetime ban for anyone caught. And that was coming from players, Tarvin. So, I mean, you're getting real close to a lot of the guys who – um, who legitimately feel like their careers are being overlooked for guys using steroids. I mean, I heard Kenny Lofton, who was a really great uh, baseball player for a long time, um, and he talked about how he thought that he lost out on 50 to $60 million in contracts because of PED users, and now he thought they should be gone from baseball too. So I think there is a large-scale, I mean, gigantic volcano about to erupt in the players' union it's really going to out all these guys, and they're not going to put up with it anymore in the locker room. They're not going to cover up for these guys anymore. I think baseball, you know, it's it's the people who rise up, and, you know, when you have a real coup. Well, you have a coup of players, Tarvin, who are rising up, and I think we're going to see in the next collective bargaining agreement some extremely strong language and maybe even, you know, season two season bans for the first defense. Yeah, I mean, there was a – I don't know the player, the details, Trey, but I know the other day a pitcher threw at a batter and hit him, and, and one of his teammates, he told his teammate, he said, yeah, I threw it in because he's on uh, performance-enhancing drugs, and I don't know the names, but, but the players are – the people are starting to turn against this. And like you said, this guy's trying to put food on his table. Often he's trying to, uh, you know, make his name, and all of a sudden he's up against – younger guys that are cheating using steroids, so he's the odd man out. He's coming in to pinch hit sometimes, and he's losing a lot of money. So I just wish that that they would just put a ban on this. If you're caught using these, just like A-Rod makes me sick watching him talk. I'd like to punch him in the face, Trey, honestly, and Ryan Bryan. But if you would put a lifetime ban on these guys with no money, 
Okay, so you made a so you signed a two hundred million dollar deal. We caught you with performance enhancing drugs. You're gone. No money. You're out. If they would start doing that, you would start seeing these uh, these people be squeaky clean if they're going to play baseball. The home runs would go down, Trey, but it would be a lot more pure. Yeah, I think what you're going to see in the collective bargaining agreement is maybe even a full year loss in, in pay. But I think also what you're going to see from the players, I think, is they're really thinking that um, that the contracts are, for the, some of these guys are worth more than the penalty. So even if you spend the guy for a year, he signs a five-year deal and makes all this money, that you know he's still worth it. So one of the things that I've heard talked about is um, banning players uh, or allowing teams to cancel contracts and players. So if the collective bargaining agreement allows stuff like that, and that all goes back to the players' union and how they negotiate. But if they were to negotiate that 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 provision to be allowing contracts where uh, one a, a team can void a contract as soon as the player tests positive, I mean you're talking about actual players losing there's millions of dollars, and plus then you're at a much less of a bargaining position. So now you are, you know, taking money away from those PED users and, and giving it to players who are being productive without using steroids. So, I mean, that's that would be a great provision. And there's also um, some talk among players, and this is among players, uh, of, you know, fines and even, you know, um, you know, stuff like that being allowed into the contract, Um you are taking taking money away from players and giving it to other players. Definitely, that's a, I mean, you just need the crime to, or the the fines and the suspensions and the penalties to, you know, to deter these guys. And right now, it's starting to get better. You start suspending somebody for two seasons almost. That's starting to get more stiff. And and I like Major League Baseball, but you have to put your foot down. And we've talked about this before. We won't beat it into the ground, but. I think you're going to start seeing stiffer penalties for people, and you're going to start, like you said, the players are going to start coming together, and they're going to start blowing the whistle on these guys and getting them out of baseball. So I'm interested to see where this goes. The, tomorrow, A-Rod's supposed to be suspended, so so we'll definitely find out more on that. But, Trey, we're going to go to around 10 tonight, and we're going to skip right now the NFC North. We may have to come back to that Sunday, but we're going to go ahead and get into some college football, if that's okay with you. Yeah, and Carmen, I think we should be able to get to it. I mean, let's be honest. I, mean, I don't think we're going to spend a whole lot of time on Vanderbilt's schedule, but we'll see where we get. Well, well hey, let's just start out with the NFC then. And uh, the NFC North this year is going to be, actually, Trey, one of the most competitive divisions, you know, in football right now. And looking at the, the Packers are here with the quarterback I can't stand, Aaron Rodgers. You have the Bears with a new coach. I don't know how they're going to do. We're about to find out. The Detroit Lions are the team that can make some noise in this division. Trey, give us your overview real quick before we get started. Yeah, I mean, those who don't know, I mean, this was the best division in football last year for the NFC. I mean, you had three teams win over 10 games. Chicago, Minnesota, and Green Bay all won. Um, Green Bay won 11-5. The other two at 10-6. and six. And Chicago was left in the playoff at 10 and 6, which is, you know, a tough position to be in. And then you had the sort of cellar dweller, uh, Detroit at 4 and 12, who really surprised many, many people by being that bad last year. So, you know, we talked about how we thought maybe two teams would come out of the West for the playoffs. I really think you're going to have two teams come out of this division. So, yeah, I, I'll tell you, I think one of those two teams or one of the three teams that made the playoffs is going to have a significant um, drop-off in uh in performance, Tarvin, and I think another one's going to have an uptick. So, uh, without much ado, Tarvin, let's start. Let's start with uh, Detroit at four and twelve. 
What do you think about the Lions coming into the season? Well, this is a team you never know what to expect. They've underachieved a lot, but, you know, they just gave Matthew Stafford. He's a very good quarterback, gave him a lot of money. The offensive line concerns me about this team, but let's flip over real quick to the defensive side of the ball. I think Nick Nick Fairley and Dominican Sue are finally going to start dominating together. Nick Fairley's been so out of shape, Trey. He's lost a lot of weight. He's finally, for some reason, maybe starting to grow up and be a man, but he's finally getting in shape and actually getting serious about football. And I always said when Nick Fairley got serious that he's going to be a dangerous player. So this could be the year that, that he could be that kind of like Warren Sapp player and him and Dominican Sue and dominate. But look, Reggie Bush comes back, or he's coming to Detroit, which I think is going to give them finally someone in the running game that can be a playmaker. And this is really going to help keep the pressure off Stafford because he can receive. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is real good. Detroit has a chance, Trey, to win this division. That's how talented they are. Well, they're a super talented team. I mean, you have, I mean, obviously the most talented a wide receiver in the game who, you know, <laughs> set records last year with, what, a broken hand or finger. I mean, so this guy this guy was incredible. And you had a, a quarterback who many of you is a franchise-type guy. Reggie Bush, who's underrated, a defense that really hasn't produced the talent level. Uh, so, Tarvin, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I mean, I, I think that the Detroit Lions will not finish in the bottom of this division. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I think the Detroit Lions are going to be out of the playoffs. But they're going to be very improved. I got them at. I'm going to go ahead and put them at eight and eight. Yeah, I have them at at around nine and seven, close to what you have, and that's a big improvement. But this team, Trey, if they can get consistent, and that's the key. If you watch Detroit, one game they look real good, the next game they're just terrible. They're an undisciplined team. If you've seen the off seasons in the past, I don't hear a lot this year, which could be a good sign. But Matthew Stafford, Trey, did he deserve that extension? I mean, the guy's a baller. He can he can come out and play, you know, with Calvin Johnson, Megatron out there. Who is he going to go to besides Megatron, maybe, to help help keep these defensive honest? Well, I mean, that's the real that's the real fine for Detroit. And then you know, who is going to be there? I'm not so sure. I mean, Rex Bush is going to help them balance that offense. Harvin, but, you know, one of the things that I think they didn't address in the offseason is really going out and grabbing a real solid um, the other wide receiver. I mean, Nate Burleson is a guy who's been around, uh, but he's not he's not enough. I mean, he's just not enough. I mean, you know, Thomas, Boyle, I mean, the rest of these names on that roster don't scare you as a defense. In fact, Nate Burleson doesn't scare me. So, it's it's clear that they still need another threat. I mean, why it's also clear that, you know, Calvin Johnson is a guy who, who can still put up huge numbers no matter what anybody does against him. And I think Reggie Bush helps him with that because then the running game will get a little pressure off uh, the secondary and, and doubling Johnson. But, you know, if Nate Burleson stays healthy, he'll be a little bit of help, Tarvin, but not enough. Yeah, I think the defensive line, Trey, is really going to help this Detroit team. I mean, Fairley is the player that you have to watch out for, man. He he's not as good as Dominican Sue, but he's gonna he's gonna enable Dominican Sue to be even better and dirty. You know, that's what I like about the guy. He comes in there and puts fear in the people. If this defense tray steps up and they start getting pressure on quarterbacks and making that secondary not look as bad and, and you know, getting some sacks and some turnovers, I mean, this team has a chance, don't you think? I think it's possible. I mean, they got a pretty tough schedule this year. 
they're going to be borderline. It's all going to come down to, I think, how the offense clicks. But if the, I just don't think this is the team that's going to win a lot of shootouts, and they're not going to win 40 to, to 35 games. So it's going to come down to if that defense can really step it up and if they can find a secondary receiver when it comes down comes down to a crunch time, I mean, and, you know, Johnson's getting double teamed, is Burleson going to be the guy or Boyle's going to be the guy? I, I just don't see it. I think Ryan Broyles is going to be okay. I think he's going to he's going to be a playmaker, not a, a big time playmaker, but he's going to he's going to make some catches. He's going to have some big plays this year because of of double teaming Megatron like that. So I don't know. I think this Detroit team and this division trade to me is is wide open. I mean, with uh, Chicago and Green Bay up top. So who, who do you want to go to next? Well, I'll tell you who I have finishing at the bottom of the division, Tarvin, and. Maybe maybe if if Jason Minson's listening, he's gonna be mad at you. But I I just see Minnesota taking a step back. I mean, they were seven and one last year at home, four and two in the division, and they won ten games. I I have them losing three of the three more games than they won last year at seven and nine, and finishing in a very tough division. I think Ponder has more threat around him now this year. I mean, Pearson is clearly awesome. Uh, Greg Jennings coming in it. it you know, I'm not really sold on him being a number one receiver anymore. We'll see. No. Uh, and then, of course, they went out and drafted, um, you know, Cord- uh, Patterson out of Tennessee, and he's phenomenal. I think he is going to improve uh, their threat a lot. But, you know, as we all have seen, you know, receivers in the NFL oftentimes don't come in here and make ginormous strides into Pro Bowl-type players. And I'm using that word very loosely considering how we've changed the Pro Bowl. But, um, so I think Patterson helps them. I think Jennings helps them. But it's, last year they won a lot of games with a really, really solid defense. And Ponder, you know, at times with turnovers, I just don't see him uh, being a type, the type of guy. And I think Matt Castle may actually see snaps this year because of Ponder. Yeah, and and look, and you for, you forgot to mention the chances of Adrian Peterson having the kind of year that he had last year is slim to none. I mean, he's a great player, but Trey, I mean, that was one of the best seasons I've ever seen out of any individual. And just to repeat that now, I mean, they're going to load up the box of these defenses and force Ponder to make some throws, but I just don't see Minnesota being very successful this year. They'll be competitive at times. They'll win some games, but they're not even going to be near a playoff team. I'm with you. I have been finishing dead last in this division. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I don't think they're going to be uh, a nine, a four and twelve team like the like the Lions were last year, but I think they're going to be around seven and nine. This is going to be a very very tough division, very tough schedule in this division. But I'll, I'll tell you, Tarman, I, I think my number two in this division. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I have two and one making the playoffs. My number two in this division is going to be Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to slide down ten and six. Starving. I, I look at that schedule and I see more losses uh, than they got and they had last year at eleven and five. So. Green Bay takes a step back, but I still have them in the playoffs. Tarvin, I didn't, you know, I like what they did with Eddie Lacy. Um, you know, if he showed up so much heavier and that that's all true, that's a little problematic. But let's not forget that he's not the only running back they took. And I think Jonathan Franklin is maybe a better back anyway. So, you for Green Bay, great offensive ads, great offensive additions. Uh, but that defense still was just, destroyed by very talented quarterbacks last year. And I, and I don't see that defensive secondary being all that much better. So I think they lose games that way. 
Yeah, I mean, the one thing I can tell you, the receiver is going to hurt him a little bit. They're going to have to have somebody step up. Cobb's a good option, but is he really a number one kind of guy? Jennings losing them is going to hurt him. And that Jordy Nelson's a good guy. I mean, he can play. But, Trey, the defense, what I saw against San Francisco last year and some other games, I mean, that's the worst defense I've seen in the NFL almost. That's what scares me about picking them to win this division is the is that defense. I mean, what if something happened to Aaron Rodgers? Who's, the, who's their backup, Trey, that, that could come in there and, and get them into the playoffs? I don't see that. I'm not saying he's going to get hurt. But, my God, this defense, Trey, scares me to even pick them at number one. But I'm still going to pick the Packers, you know, to win this division because of Aaron Rodgers. See, and, by the way, the backup is Graham Harrell out of Texas and Texas Tech, but, uh, who I don't think is the next Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, so you got them number ones. I mean, you have Chicago number two. So the real question for you is, is does Chicago make the, play, the playoffs? I have them winning the division, Tarvin. Tell me about Chicago. Yeah, I, I think Chicago – Cutler is is one of those – I've never liked Jay Cutler, but he's a tough guy. He's a, he's a quarterback that, that wants to win. He's competitive. You know, the, the offensive line, the left side, they got better this year. I believe they got better. I think they're going to they're gonna help Cutler stay upright a little bit, Trey, and that's the key. You watch Jay Cutler when he struggles. He's getting knocked around and beat up. I think the defense is going to be okay. I think this Bears team – is capable of winning this division, just like you picked, Trey. But the new coach coming in, I'm, I'm just wondering about the offense, how it's going to look, and just how the whole team's going to gel with a new coach. But as long as they got better on the offensive line, these guys have a chance. I mean, they're always a gritty team. Even losing Erlacher, I like them. Yeah, I mean, the, they got Kyle Long, and we'll see if he's um, if he's really any good. I mean, yeah, he's supposed to play right guard for them and start. So um, we'll see if he helps Jay Cutler or if he helps the running game. Uh, but they still have Forte and Bush in the running game. Alshon Jeffrey, I think, is going to be a guy you're going to see have a, a very good sophomore year. And Brandon Marshall it was huge last year. There's no doubt about it. I like Bennett. I mean, I like their offense, Tarvin. I mean, I think defensively, you know, the real question is going to be middle linebacker. I mean, D.J. Williams is injured. Or, I mean, he looks like he's going to be okay for the regular season, but – in that role of, you know, that he's replacing, he's a lot of pressure on him. I mean, we still got some good linebackers elsewhere, and, you know, Briggs and some other guys. So, I mean, I like the fact that this defense has still got, you know, Tillman at corner, and you still got Wright at strong safety. I mean, so you got some guys on this team who are hitters, who are playmakers on defense. So, I mean, are the additions that they brought in uh, going to replace Erlacher? I mean, is D.J. Williams going to be healthy? Is he going to really – and uh, get that 100 tackle they need. So, I mean, that's a real big key as well, Tarvin. Yeah. I just I just don't like the Bears right now with the with the coaching change. I think they are a playoff team possibly. They'll get in right there with the wild card. But I think this, this division actually belongs to Aaron Rodgers. And if they can get any kind of defensive help, you know, I think they're going to do good. And, Green Bay is just one of those teams you have to outscore them, Trey. And I know their defense sucks, but it's still hard to stop that offense. And we'll see. This is one of the most interesting divisions in football, in my opinion. I mean, you have four teams in this division. I think three of them have a shot to win it. You never know what can happen. But I'm going to go Green Bay. You're going Chicago. So I have Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, too, I mean, it's it's also possible that – that Minnesota and takes it up four two. I mean, I'm not saying that either. I mean, this, 
Uh, the thing about the NFL is there's so much talent on these teams. The difference in a four and twelve team and the difference in a playoff team are often often very slight. So anything's possible in this division tournament. I think all four of these teams uh, have the ability. It's just a matter if they can put it all together. Family reunions, school names, sports logos, custom designs. Actionware screen printing will do all of that on whatever you want. Hats, shirts, shorts, pants, and much, much more. Embroidery, printing, decals, it doesn't matter. Just give us the idea, we'll make it happen. For more information, contact us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life. And we are back, about to get into our college football segment tonight, previewing Stanford and Vanderbilt. Trey Patterson, the fine co-host of this show, picks Chicago to win the NFC North, followed by Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota. We'll just flip our picks. I have Green Bay winning, Chicago second, the third and fourth, Detroit, Minnesota. So, Trey, interesting division here. Uh, looking forward to seeing who comes out alive. Two playoff teams you have, right? That's what I have coming out of this division. Yeah, so far we're matching up on at least playoff numbers at our divisions. We both had two out of the West as well, and Seattle and Frisco. We, I think we flipped those as well, I think. So um, we'll see how we – there's one more division in the NFC, Tarvin, and then on to the AFC. All right. Well, well, let's get started, man. College football is close, less than four weeks away. Trey, I'm ready for that cool air in the morning when I wake up, the view on the ground, um, tailgating just enjoying some college football. Hopefully I can take you to an Auburn game this year. Well, you know me, Tarvin. I only do box seats. That's all I said, man. Who do you think I am? <laughs> who, do you, who do you think you're talking to here? But, yeah, I want to take you to that game and enjoy it, and, and maybe we can go to a Florida State game as well, you know, this year or next year. But college football is here, guys. I have the fever. Uh-huh. The draws are very high right now. Sound like a train's coming through, but Trey, we're I mean it's less than four weeks away, man. Can you smell it yet or are you still waiting for a couple more weeks? Um we we uh I'm getting there, Tarvin. I, I still smell it. And you need to take something to make it smell better because I need you fired <laughs> up, baby. I know it's Christmas time coming and man, I'm just excited that the first week of the season's coming up. And, you know, there's two teams out there, Trey, that, you know, we're, we're, tonight we're previewing the smart teams, really, a couple of them. And, and we have Stanford out of the Pac-12 and Vanderbilt out of the SEC. And let's start with the Vanderbilt Commodores, Trey, coming out of the SEC. Give me your thoughts real quick on the Commodores. Well, I think a lot of people would be surprised. A lot of people would, uh, would be remiss if they said they weren't surprised at Vanderbilt's 9-4 and four season last year. I mean, Vanderbilt – uh, they seem to be building for you know something you know, nine wins in the SEC. Uh, no matter who you line up against, week in and week out is a good run. Mm-hmm. But the problem is um, that you know for Vanderbilt, I mean, Tarvin, we talked about the rape uh, allegations, the sexual assault allegations in the off season, and and this is just not. I mean, Vanderbilt's not had to deal with adversity when it comes to to player controversy. Uh, in a really long time. I mean, this, so, but this team last year, sort of to recap, 
I mean, they start off the season 0 and 2 last year, and to win nine, to go 9 and 4 is kind of is kind of amazing. They gave South Carolina a really hard game. They gave Northwestern a hard game on the road, um, and actually they were they lost to Georgia in their fourth game. So I mean, they won a lot of games in a row, um, and they really beat teams that I think surprised people. I mean, they beat Auburn last year, uh, and then they they smoked Kentucky. They beat Ole Miss. Um, they beat Tennessee, I and mean, they beat teams they don't normally beat, and then they won their bowl game. So I mean. Whether they can keep that going with the off-season problems is a, is a very interesting uh, to look into a school who hasn't had to deal with adversity and hasn't had to deal with people knowing who they are and their schedule. Well, I just want to look over last year with, and tell people, I don't want them to buy into the fool's gold. The first week they played South Carolina, Connor Shaw went out injured, and he came back. They They lost by four. But then they turned around and lost to Northwestern, which is a good team, you know, by 10. But if you look at the good teams like Georgia, beat them 48-3. to Florida beat them by 14. Uh, any other – Ole Miss beat them – or they beat Ole Miss, it looks like, by one. But they never really had a signature win. Auburn was 3-9 and nine last year, terrible. I mean, to me, Trey, the nine wins was because of some teams like Auburn, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, and the SEC that were down as – you know, Missouri, the teams like that, Presbyterian. And, you know, that nine wins came at the expense of some teams on down season. This year, I think they're a little overhyped. And if you notice, Trey, when teams start winning the nine and four, do you think Vanderbilt is, is, is easing up on their standards to get into that school? Because now you start hearing people raping people. You're going to hear more and more the more successful Vanderbilt is. Is Franklin kind of going outside of the box and recruiting a little bit? Well, I think he, I think he's probably on the borderline uh, for who he's recruiting. I mean, obviously, with you know, I mean, what happened to them in the off season happens to a lot of schools. I mean, it happened to Montana for those who really keep up with the NCAA stuff. I mean, so it's not as if it only happens to big and big time college football teams. But I mean, the thing is, just Vanderbilt hasn't had to deal with a lot of player adversity. I mean, they're just not. They don't recruit the kind of players at Florida and Georgia and Alabama and Auburn, et cetera. They recruit. They don't have one. They don't have those kind of problems because they have an academic standard they have to meet. So, but this is kind of an interesting time at Vanderbilt because they really are trying to win in football. So, I think you're going to see each other. And I'm, I'm having a tough time getting them to nine wins this year. I don't know. What do you think about this year? Are they going to take a step back? I think they take a step back because they're not going to surprise anyone. But that schedule, I mean, it's not that tough. I mean, they they open up Thursday night at home against Ole Miss, Trey. And and I think, you know, right away they're going to start taking steps back. Vanderbilt doesn't have the athletes on this team. And, and, And I was thinking today about Vanderbilt, and I was thinking, you know, every four or five years they're going to put together a team like this that's going to win seven, eight, nine games. And it's because they're full of seniors and, and good leaders and smart guys. But, Trey, I think they take a big step back this year, especially because they don't have a quarterback and, and they have a running back by committee. They have a couple of good receivers. But I think at the end of the day, Vanderbilt's not going to sneak up on anyone. and They're not talented enough athletic to, to really make any noise in this RPC. Well, I mean, yeah, let's, let's get right to it, Tyron. I think you can agree at home on August 29th, I think the Ole Miss Rebels are going to beat them. I think Ole Miss is, you know, going to revenge that loss last year. But I think Ole Miss is a team that's on the upswing, and I think Vanderbilt uh, sort of had their year last year. I'm not so sure they're going to be able to replicate that. So uh, I have them losing to Ole Miss off of that. Yeah, I do too. And and I don't think they're going to be able to 
to cope with being spread out like Ole Miss is going to do. And, and Vanderbilt's not going to be able to score a lot of points, I don't think. They're at home in this game, which is which is a good thing. But I really don't think they have the firepower to keep up with this uh, this Hugh Freeze offense, Trey. I, I have them going down week one as well. Yeah, it looks like uh, Jonathan in the chat room agrees with us. Uh, he says that Ole Miss is his SEC baby this year. So I guess that means that uh, he's bottle feeding. At, I don't know what old that means. But um, you know, going right off the bat, Tarvin, so – I don't think they're going to have any issues with Austin P. Tarvin, what do you think? Austin P. Let's go P. That's all you'll hear the whole game because all the beer those guys are going to be drinking to avoid <laughs> looking at what they're going to. So, no, nah, I got them two. One and one right here. They get a big win at home against Austin P. Well, you know, the governors are going to be um, disappointed. But then uh, a week later, Vanderbilt travels to Williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina, where I don't think it's going to be as close as it was last year, seventeen to thirteen. I think South Carolina is going to have. Um, I think it's going to be competitive <laughs> in the first half. But I think South Carolina pulls away in the second half. Uh, so I think they're uh, one and two. Well, you have a new quarterback, new backfield, and you have Clowney. Which one am I going to take? I'm going to take Clowney, and I think it's going to get ugly. I think South Carolina is going to put up a lot of points in this game, and I think they're going to do a couple of touchdowns by defensive turnovers or special teams. So I like them big in this game. Like I said, Vanderbilt, they don't have the athletes to be able to compete with these guys. No, no, not not at all. I mean, so looking at their schedule again, and then they start going on. Uh, let's just say a winning streak. I mean, they're at UMass. I mean, for those of you who kept up, I mean, last year, you know, they 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 played similar com- competition, you know, Presbyterian, and, you know, they didn't have really much problems with that. So they're going to beat UMass. I think they're going to beat UAB. Even, and what's interesting, Tarvin, is they're actually traveling to UMass, which is yeah, good for the Minutemen, but uh, they come home against UAB. I think they're going to win that. So, Tarvin, I got them 3-2. and two going to Missouri, hosting Missouri the next week. Yeah, I'll agree. So, Tarvin, you know, Missouri is a team you and I have hated on by just about every schedule we've broken down. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to discontinue here. I think Missouri loses again. Uh, I think Missouri's in for a very long season. They're going to lose to in Nashville to Vanderbilt, 4-2. Yeah, you want, you want to see an ugly game, Turn in, tune in on October 5th and watch Missouri and Vanderbilt. That'll, that'll be an ugly game that day. But I do like Vandy squeaking by Missouri. I think it's going to be very, very close. Missouri could pull this upset, but I like Vandy in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I mean, this game was 19-15 last year. It's pretty ugly. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be any different this year. It's going to be ugly. So that, there's, there's a bye week, Carvin, and then and then they host Georgia. I know we've already talked about this game with the Georgia schedule, Tarvin, but uh, is there any way we're, we're overlooking uh, this Georgia Bulldog team? I mean, can can Vanderbilt get them? No. I mean, you saw last year what happened. I, I don't think Vanderbilt has any answer for Aaron Murray and Gurley and those running back, the receivers. I mean, Georgia's going to be good on offense. And, and even with a young defense, they're going to be a little more mature at this time of the year. And remember, this is Vanderbilt, new quarterback, new backfield. I don't think they have enough weapons to score on Georgia. I think Georgia looks very strong in this game, and they blow Vandy out. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Georgia's going to win this game, and I think, Tarvin, that's going to start on a losing streak. So, I mean, I think we have them at 3-2, uh, and two, right? 1, 2, 3, 4, or 4-2. Four They're going to be 4-3. and three. I'm going to go ahead and put them at 4-4 four and four because 
they're going to lose uh, at Texas A&M the week after that. And I don't care who's quarterbacking Texas A&M, they're going to lose. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Manziel ineligible or eligible, Texas A&M pulls this off. So it, it's two losses right here, and the schedule doesn't get too much easier. No, and we talk, I, mean, I think, uh, you know, coming off another bye week, going down to the swamp, that's not going to be pleasant. Last year, I mean, Florida just destroyed them last year. It wasn't as if this game was close. Uh, it was 31-17, to 17, and I think the game uh, last year. So, I mean, I think it's going to be very similar. Florida probably even scores more points this year. Exactly, I agree. And then guess what? When you need a confidence boost, guess who comes into the town? <laughs> well, here comes Kentucky. And if this game was in Kentucky, I might actually pick Kentucky in this game. But I, I can't I can't pick Kentucky on the road this year. They're going to lose this game to Vanderbilt. Is that 5-5, five and five, I think? Is that right, Tarvin? By the way? Yep. Uh, yep. So, at Tennessee, Tarvin, you know, this is this is a different Tennessee team. Tennessee's going to struggle an awful lot with this toughest schedule they have, but they're going to be able to hold home court. Um, they're going to beat uh, Vanderbilt, and then Wake Forest is going to lose. Uh, to they're going to, so they're going to be six and six. Yeah, I have them. So let's see. So you have them losing to Tennessee. I have them losing to Tennessee. Yeah, I do as well. Beating Wake Forest, so. Six and six is a big step back from, uh, you know, from what they were last year at nine and four, Trey. They'll get into a bowl game, but I think Franklin is not going to be that coach everybody thinks so great now after this year. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a a year that it's going to take some various coaching to overcome because, I mean, this is uh, six and six. Vandy takes a three-game difference than the year before, which which is a big difference. The thing that amazes me, Trey, is a lot of people are picking, like you saw in the chat room, Vanderbilt to beat South Carolina to win nine games and to compete in the East. I I just don't think people realize that this team is not very athletic at all. And they lost several players, you know, due to suspensions and stuff. But I'm going to tell Vanderbilt, just like Ole Miss and Mississippi State, you know, you're still Vanderbilt. You're still Ole Miss. You're still Mississippi State. And that's exactly – all three of those teams I just mentioned, that's what they're going to be reminded of this year. And I know Ole Miss is going to win a couple of games here and there, but they're still Ole Miss, Trey. And, oh, uh, yeah, of course. Just like, just, like, just like Vanderbilt. I mean, come on. You're in the SEC. You won nine games last year because you were lucky in the draw. I mean, you just got lucky with their scheduling. So this year it's going to be a lot different. Six and six is still respectable, and I think Vanderbilt fans will accept that being able to go to a bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's a, a decent season if Vanderbilt can can put together some bowl streaks. I and mean, I don't know how you could hate on a coach at Vanderbilt making consistent bowl games. Yeah, and and you know your your program's in pretty good shape when you know the expectations are there at least. I mean, I don't know many times you've heard in the past Vanderbilt's going to win nine or ten games, so at least you're heading in the right direction. But you're going to come back down to earth with all these upperclassmen going. They do return some starters. Um, but James Franklin, I don't have much feeling for. So Trey, six and six, both of us, we agree on this. And uh, so now we go to the Pac-12, and this is the, probably the most confusing team to me predicting this year that we've done, Trey. The Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, I mean, obviously this team has been uh, very, very, very well coached recently. Last year they won the Pac-12 and they won the Rose Bowl, so. 
they're coming off a 12 and 2 season an, an 8 and 1 season in the Pac-12. Their only loss in the Pac-12 was an upset loss at Century League Field in Seattle, Washington to the Huskies. So, um, this was a team that was very good, but obviously not good enough to get beat on one of those crazy Thursday night games. If you remember last year, there's always a Thursday night game. There's always one of those ones that strike you out of the middle of nowhere where a team you know, just <laughs> outperforms a team that are clearly better than them. So we'll see. Let's look at that Stanford Cardinals schedule. Tarver, I mean, let's, let's talk about uh, whether or not – what do you think? I mean, is this team going to be a Rose Bowl bound again? Well, I mean, they they could be trade, but I'm still not sold on that offense of Stanford. No receivers really. You lost your main your main player and Taylor on that offense. I think Stanford is a little overrated, Trey, when it comes to this year in people's eyes and the media. I just don't think they're as successful. I mean, the schedule it's not that easy this year. I mean, there's some tough games on this schedule. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but Stanford, you know, it's interesting. They're built a lot like SEC, I and mean, that's the way they're going. I mean, UCLA seems to be basing their entire program on how these SEC teams are built. So, I mean, Tarvin, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I mean, San Jose State, the Spartans, uh, and then they actually travel to the Army Black Knights and play up in West Point. Those are two wins. They're going to be 2-0. You don't think the Army can come out? And I have an announcement to make my nephew, Zach, uh, made the Army football team, Trey, so so he'll be hosting Stanford in that second week. I think he's going to get he's gonna get welcomed by some big boys, isn't he? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but I got Stanford, too, and as well. So, Tarvin, that, that leads to the Arizona State game. What do you think about Arizona State? Well, I think this game's at Stanford. I mean, Arizona State's a good football team, but at the end of the day, I think the the running game, just the the ground and pound, that offensive line of Stanford, will be good enough to get past this one because it's at home, Trey. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. Nothing, uh, um, nothing different. Okay, and now we go to September 28th at Washington State, and the good thing about it is, it's, I mean, it's, it's on the road, which is bad for Stanford, but it is Washington State, Trey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Washington State, man, there's not a whole lot of great things to say about Washington State. I mean, this is a, if this was a Thursday night game, I may take a little bit of a look at it, um, but I, I'm not going to take much of a look at it, Tarvin. They're going to be 4-0. Yep. 4-0 right here. Um, then October 5th, it gets interesting. Washington comes to town, Trey. And I know it's not in Washington, but Washington is going to be very good this year. Yeah, and Washington, I'm going to go ahead and predict it. They're going to be one of the most improved um, programs in, in the Pac-12, not the most. I mean, Washington last year, um, you know, Torben, this was a team that, you know, one, they, we talked about the big win they had last year, but, and they, they have recruited, and we talked to J.C. Shortman about this, and we talked to him from CBS Sports. They were getting some crazy recruits. I mean, they, this was a team that people weren't realizing. Seven and six last year, they're going to they're gonna win even more games than they won last year at seven and six. But I mean, this isn't a Husky breakdown. But the point is, is they're going to give Stanford all they want in this game. Cause they're gonna, but they're going to still struggle on the road. So Stanford wins this game. They're going to stay unbeaten. But watch out for the Washington Huskies uh, if, you, if, your host, if your team is traveling up there. I like Washington to win this game, Trey. Wow! I, I like I like Washington on the road in this game. They're gonna their athleticism is is good. 
I think they're going to be able to score some points. I think Stanford's going to struggle in this game. Call me crazy, guys, but but I am picking Washington to beat Stanford here and knock them out of that national championship discussion, any kind of discussion this time of year. It's October. October's crazy, man. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about Washington, you know, leading up to this game is they're going to have hosted uh, Arizona the week before, and they actually play Illinois and Boise State. I mean, Washington has gone out and put legitimate names from big conferences on their schedule. I mean, they didn't schedule, um, you know, some of the teams like Oregon schedules, for instance. They put Boise State on their schedule. It's coming in, and they're traveling to Soldier Field to play Illinois. So, and Illinois is bad, but they're a Big Ten team. So, Washington, you're going to know a lot about them early on. So, if they can if they can get through those first three weeks and have to be three and zero, this is going to be a big game, Tarvin. So or four and zero, excuse me, including the Arizona game. So that's a, that's a decent pick, man. Thank you, buddy. I like them. And then the next week on the road to Utah, uh, Trey. I still don't think Utah is there yet to be able to beat a team like Stanford. I mean, it's a home; they're tough to beat. But I'm gonna but I'm gonna go ahead and pick Stanford in this game to to win, rebounding from that Washington loss. Yeah, you know, I, I think the Utah still got a long way to go in the Pac-12. I'm not so sure they're building the right way. This is going to be another win. They're going to stay undefeated in my book, which brings them to Saturday, October 19th, and the UCLA Bruins come to town. UCLA uh, gave Stanford a really tough game. Uh, actually, UCLA beat uh, Stanford and then lost the Pac-12 championship game to them last year, Tarvin. So what do you think about this this matchup? They played each other twice last year. I think UCLA, you know, goes on the road. I mean, still the same state. They beat Stanford. So I think UCLA is, is more has got them going there. I, I think they have a good balance. I look at UCLA. They play physical football. They use their tight ends, a lot of play action. I like UCLA to get Stanford their second loss here in this season. Yeah, you know, the thing about UCLA is, is when they were at home last year, they really beat Stanford pretty good. I mean, last year when they were that game right before – I think a lot of people, including yourself, were like, well, maybe Stanford didn't want, didn't have a real reason to play. Question Stanford's sort of integrity in that game and, and losing 35-17. to 17. But I think UCLA really honestly matches up very well against Stanford because, I mean, they gave Stanford an entire all-they-wanted game at Stanford Stadium, you know, a week later, um, you know, with a 27-24 loss. So I think in, in this year, uh, I think UCLA is even better so I think this is going to be a super tight game. I'm going to keep serve with Stanford at home, but I think this could be like a one-point game for Stanford winning. But I got Stanford undefeated still through UCLA. Got to let you correct you right quick. Stanford beat UCLA twice last year, Trey. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I get that wrong? Yeah, I think you said twice. I think you were thinking of something else. But they did play in the Pac-12 championship game. That was a great yeah, thing. But, right. but I'm telling you, UCLA is, is rolling, dude. I mean, they are a team that is capable of beating anyone. And you know they're going to have some payback on their mind. You know Moore has lost sleep losing to them twice last year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, and you're right. I did, I did get that score no, flip. So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I still think Stanford wins a very close game at home this year, Tarvin. So uh, traveling to Oregon State on October 26th, what do you think about this game in Corvallis? It's going to be an interesting game. It, it, it just depends on Oregon State, how consistent they play. Uh, I haven't studied Oregon State a, a lot this year, but uh, but I still think Stanford, you know, they've lost two this year. I think they'll go up to Corvallis and get a W in this one going into their bye week, getting ready for that big Oregon matchup. 
Yeah, and Carvin, that's not so fast. I mean, Oregon State played very well at home. Mike Riley had a very good season last year. This is going to be a loss for Stanford. They're going to travel on Saturday, October 26th. They're going to be looking ahead to to Oregon, even though they have that bye week. Uh, but this is one of those road games that really kind of that tricky road game. So I think they lose to Oregon State, their first loss of the year, uh, because they're looking ahead a couple of weeks later at Oregon, or excuse me, versus Oregon. Yeah, they go into that bye week, two weeks to prepare for Oregon, Trey, and, and this Oregon team has a lot of payback on their mind. Stanford tossed them a chance to play Alabama or, or you know, or Notre Dame for the championship. If if Oregon would have beaten Stanford, you would have had an Oregon-Notre Dame matchup. Oregon would have beat the brakes off of Notre Dame and won a national championship. So, you know they got a lot on their mind. A new coach in the Oregon right now. I think this team's going to be pretty good. I see no way of Stanford beating Oregon this year. Well, yeah, I'm glad you picked that, Tarvin. Uh, I'm glad that's a great pick. I mean, Oregon highly hyped this year. Jason Humphrey loves his Ducks. New equipment, you know, just, I mean, Nike just paid in everything <laughs> for him. But Nike can't win football games for him, Tarvin. They're going to lose this game in Stanford. Stanford comes out after the loss at Oregon no. State and takes it to the Ducks. Their defense plays better than this offense at Oregon. They can stop the Ducks. They're going to beat the Ducks, Tarvin. I'm calling it right now. Last year they beat Oregon in Austin Stadium. Guess what, buddy? Yep. They're going to win at home. Yeah, I like that. But they had uh, they lost their they lost Taylor, man. I don't think you understand, and everybody out there listening, what a big loss that is on offense. Who are they going to go? Who are they going to throw the ball to? Who are they going to hand it to? That's the question. And you know Oregon, they've been they've been thinking about this game, but you can think about it all you want until you hit hit helmets and pads. Stanford is a physical team and Oregon has struggled in the past. But I think this game, they're gonna be up for it and ready. And I think Oregon gives them their third loss of the season. Yeah, and Jonathan I think brought up an interesting point in the chat room, Tarvin. This is a Thursday night game, so um this has got all the makings for a really uh, an absolute thriller of a game. That's another reason Stanford holds third in Oregon Thursday night bites the Ducks. Well, that's y'all. You guys are crazy. But that and just remember, Carmen, Oregon plays UCLA the week before that, where you know Stanford has the bye, so you know, Oregon's gonna be coming off a short week. They're gonna be beat up, uh, so I think Stanford's gonna get them. But one thing I'll I'll, I'll say about Stanford is Shaw. He is one of the best coaches in college football. I mean, seeing what he did last year with that team he had. And, look, every time I doubt Stanford, all they do is turn around and win. All they do is turn around and win. So, I mean, I really like the coach. I give I give him an edge in that. But, look, Oregon will beat Stanford by 17 points in this game, guys. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. This is going to be an ugly game. And, um uh, yeah, everybody's saying Tarvin picked Auburn to beat Texas A&M. Who's crazy? It's going to be real crazy when Manziel's not even playing, guys. And uh, <laughs> I'm a little right, like a right. genius, baby. I'm a little uh-huh. like a genius. But I, I, I don't see him beating Oregon, guys. And then the next week, they get nine days off, really, because they go to, to USC, Trey. This is going to be an interesting game going on the road, Southern Cal. How good are they going to be this year? Well, I mean, you and I picked them already, and we both picked them to, to have their ups and downs this year. I think this is one of their downs. I mean, I think Stanford's going to get them on the road. Stanford plays, but I'll tell you, I think this could be a this could be an easy victory for USC possibly. 
because it seems like a team, when you come off that big Thursday night win, if you look at you know, the stats, the swings, if they play a really good ranked team and if USC is good and ranked by this point and they're traveling on the road to USC, this could be all the makings for kind of a big loss for Stanford. But um, I'm sort of previewing where I'm going with this whole division. So I'm going to keep Stanford with this win um, because ultimately I think Stanford wins this division. So uh, Stanford with a win on the road against the Trojans. Well, everybody's thinking right now. Hold on, let me back up. Everybody's thinking that that Stanford pick or Oregon beating Stanford's a, a, a stupid pick. So anybody that would like to to personally inbox me and put a little wager on it, go ahead. I'm all for it. So you're picking Stanford to beat Southern Cal? Yep. I'm going to pick Southern Cal to win this game. Actually, at home. Stanford, again, that offense, guys, that's what I'm looking at in this team. Stanford's going to struggle offensively. Stanford's one of the most overrated teams in the country, in my opinion, this season. I like Southern Caltray to get it done. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, different. I'm interested to see who, after this, I want to know who your Pac-12 champion is, Darwin. So, I guess, I guess I'm guess i guessing based on our, our pick so far, it's going to be Oregon. But, uh, so, that moves them to November 23rd against Cal. That's going to be a win, Darwin. I don't have an issue with that. Okay, I have I have them winning that, and the next week against Notre Dame. You know, looking at it, Notre Dame comes into Stanford. I don't see Notre Dame beating Stanford. I think Stanford will at the end of the season they'll win that game. Yeah, I mean I agree with you. I think uh, Notre Dame is not the team of last year. So I have uh, Stanford with only one loss, nay one loss. I have them as going into the Pac-12 championship, Robin, and actually. I'm going to go ahead and call it. Stanford is my Pac-12 champion this year. Back-to-back. Stanford. Well, I, I have Oregon win this conference. I mean, I know we talked about them, but Oregon, you know, just the cream of the crop right now. And all these Stanford homers over here, Jonathan has them going 12-0, and which which shows me he obviously hasn't watched much football in the past. So, 12-0. and Stanford is going to disappoint early, Trey. I really don't think they have a successful season at all, and I guarantee you they won't win the Pac-12. You've guaranteed me lots throughout the years, buddy. No, I mean, that's a, who have I guaranteed? You guarantee me every year Auburn's going to be undefeated. Oh, yeah, I really do. You're right. No, I'm just telling you that 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 Oregon will not lose the title this year, and even if Oregon doesn't win it, somebody else will. Stanford will not win it. I mean, you have them 11 and one winning the Pac-12. Jonathan has them 12 and 0. I mean, guys, come on. I don't, I don't think y'all are realizing what's happening here. So, what do you have them? Nine and three or eight and four? Let's see. I have them losing to. Who do I have them losing to? Washington, losing to UCLA. Losing to Oregon and losing to Southern Cal, eight and four. The same record as I have Texas A&M this year. So there's two teams that are very highly overrated in the polls right now in the media. There's two teams from the last weeks we've done it. Texas A&M and Stanford finished eight and four. Yeah, I mean I had I had Texas A&M down too. I'm going to disagree with you on Stanford. I think Oregon is the team that's a little more overrated in the Pac-12 than Stanford is. So, you know, we'll have to see, Tarvin. Lots to talk about already. 
Yeah, and, and I'm going to let people know, as you go through the season, and we go through predictions and stuff closer to the season after research, you can change your picks in here. Now, after the game, you can't change your picks who you think is going to win. But until that season starts, preseason polls, preseason picks, or preseason, Trey. Just remember that. Uh, I, I, I believe you, buddy. I know. You can flip-flop all you want for me, buddy. I'm going to flip, 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 and then I'll come back with the winner. So, But right now, as it stands, I have Oregon winning the Pac-12, but I still don't think it'll be enough to get them to a championship game because they're going to lose the game too. Oregon will not go undefeated playing a national title game, and we're going to talk about that. Um, you can research all you want. Research all you want. Research doesn't mean much of anything when preseason football comes, but Jonathan has Bama and Stanford for the title. Um I would bet ten thousand dollars. That's not going to happen. Yeah, we haven't given away we, our preseason national champion. Uh, we'll do that right before uh, on the on the show live. So we actually uh, will ask all of you guys to call in and disagree with us when we actually do it. Uh, you know, Charvin and I haven't done that yet. We're not going to do it until we preview all of our teams. We kind of gave you the Pac-12 away tonight, but we want to make sure we do that later on. So um, we're going to wait. Hey, and I want to stay in college football, Trey, and I want to talk about something that I was looking at this week. A lot of people on Ohio State this year, and now I want to talk about them a minute if you got time before we go. Is that all right with you? We talk about yeah, Ohio what, State a little. What are, what are you talking Every, about? I mean, just everybody is picking Ohio State to, to go undefeated and play in the championship. But I just want to ask you, Trey, why are they doing that? Well, I mean, I think they're doing it because, I mean, here's here's a good statistically a statistical anomaly for you. One, you know, you can look at Ohio State is playing really nobody but Michigan at the end of the year. Um, but here's two, Tarvin. Over the last eight seasons, 50% of the teams who start number two in the polls in the coaches' poll, which Ohio State did, you know what they've done, Tarvin? They've won the national right. championship. 50% of every team in the last eight years who started – uh, number two overall have won it all. So very popular pick because of that, because you're guaranteed half the time to get it right. But I, I just want to – look, the media falls in love with these teams. And for anyone in the country right now to put Ohio State as their number one team to get votes, doesn't watch football or hasn't watched football for a long time. I just want to go back a little bit, Trey, to last year and just – People were like, oh, they were 12-0. and 0. I mean, they would have played in the championship. They probably would have played in the national championship last year and probably have lost to Notre Dame, to tell you the truth. But let's go back to the schedule a little bit. I mean, last year they, they struggled with UAB and Cal, Central Florida. I mean, they Michigan State. I mean, Nebraska was a, a blowout. But, I mean, you had teams like Indiana, Purdue. Indiana put up 49 on them. They had to go to overtime with Purdue. I mean, they struggled everywhere. They barely beat a Michigan team that Alabama just destroyed. And you look at the schedule, and, and everybody's on them acting like they can't lose. I know they play in a weaker conference. I know their schedule's weak. But, Trey, just because you play a weak schedule doesn't mean you're going to run the table. I think a lot of teams would have taken care of Ohio State last year. Braxton Miller is a Heisman Trophy candidate. But just I wouldn't just go ahead and anoint them in the national championship game like 90% of the media is doing right now. Well, I mean, like I said, I think it's a popular pick for a lot of reasons. One is they have a weak schedule. They have a star quarterback. 
And I think there's a little history with the team who starts off number two and ends up winning the national championship. I mean, Alabama did last year. So, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons to pick Ohio State. I mean, I think you and I are a little bit more concerned uh, at some of those games in that schedule that may not be as easy as people think. Um, but, you know, Ohio State, you know, they very well could be there. If they go undefeated, the they're going to be there. And I'm, I have them with two losses. So if they can get past the two losses that I have them, then they can go to the championship. If they make it, so be it. But Northwestern, October 5th, and Michigan, November 30th, both road games. I think both games they lose. So 10-2, and two, if that's a national championship, then so be it. Urban Meyer is a good coach, guys. He, he's a very good coach. He knows what he's doing and everything. But I still think Ohio State's a year away, just like I do Michigan from actually being a contender in the national championship. They're a very good football team, both of them. Both of them are good teams. But, Trey, I'm not sold on Ohio State yet. I could be wrong on this one, but I I just feel like they're going to slip up in the regular season. And with a Big Ten team losing one game, that knocks them out of contention for a championship. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Ohio State loses, I picked them to lose to Michigan at the end of the year. Uh, I don't think there's any way they make the national championship picture with a loss. well, I mean, I'm not going to give away who, why I think that and who I think is going to be there, but, uh, you know, go ahead and say that uh, you know, I have Ohio State with a loss. And I don't think a Big Ten team can make it in there. So that gives away partially where I'm going with my national championship picture, Tarvin. There it is. But, I mean, I agree with you. I think Ohio State, um, even with the week schedule, I think they're going to slip up against somebody. I think focus is their big issue. They seem to not focus against underranked, undersized, and sort of underwhelming opponents. I think somebody's going to get them this year. Well, Paul in the chat room said Devin Gardner was terrible last year against Ohio State, and, and that's a quarterback that I don't know if you're high on Trey as I am and Tom Luganville is, but I think Gardner is the, the he's going to be the player that gets Michigan over the hump and could possibly get them into that Big Ten championship game. I don't know. A lot of people are in love with Ohio State. I'm not ready yet. But tell me, Trey, does a one-loss Big Ten team lose out to a – two loss SEC teams that came down to it for a championship. Oh, man, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, that, that's that's really – that's way out there in speculation world. I don't, I don't know. I think I – don't, I don't see a two-loss um, – I don't see a two-loss team getting into the national championship any, I don't anymore. I don't either. I, I really don't. That's a good point. I don't either. I think if you lose two, I think you should be out. But what's going to be interesting – is when the four-team playoff comes in, you could have a an Alabama-LSU, a team like that that's very prestigious, slip into that four spot and, and cause some, you know, some noise. But it's going to be interesting. We all make predictions. We have fun. If everybody thought the same way, Trey, we wouldn't have anything to talk about, really. So it's oh, good yeah. when everybody has different opinions. So next week, Wednesday, when we do our show, what two teams are we going to preview? Uh, are we back on LSU now? Is LSU on for Wednesday? That's one, yep. All right, well, I, since I had LSU, Tarvin, you give us somebody else. We're, I think we're getting near, uh, you know, all the big teams off our board. I mean, we've done a lot of big ones. Well, how would you like to do the Auburn Tigers on Wednesday night? No, that's no, I'm sorry, we got LSU, so we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to move off a little bit. How about Notre Dame? Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Have we already done Notre Dame? We have not. Done Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah, we'll do Notre Dame then. Let's do Notre Dame huh? and LSU just to make sure. And tell us the NFL what we're going to do. Well, we got one one left division left in the NFC, so that's what we're going to do. 
All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, everybody. And I know it's it's hard to compete with that that sorry preseason game that's on right now that I haven't even seen. It's seventeen to three, Dallas. Just to update you, just started the third quarter, and the Atlanta Braves right now are up four to one. And it looks like it's in – I can't even see the inning. That's the bottom of the fifth right now over Philly. So it looks like that winning streak's going to stay alive. Ten in a row for the Braves if it holds up, Trey. Yeah, I mean, Wood's pitching well tonight. So uh, good to go. I mean, he's, he's a kid who he's very, they're very high on. So um, if, he, if he pitches as well as he's doing right now in the second half of the season, that's just another guy for the Braves. But the Braves got – see, the Phillies got two on right now. So we'll see what goes on. Yep, and so Trey, are you ready to do your rant in closing tonight? Well, yeah, Tommy, I'll, I'll tell you that this week is a you know my 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 rant really comes down to to back to that. I, I sort of ran it on Johnny Manziel, but my rant really on the on this week is on the NCAA. I think one of the things that that frustrates me and it str- frustrates college football fans is when you have these leaks uh, and they say you know big allegations against star players or star teams. Uh, then really, uh, you know, whether it's ESPN or the NCAA, uh, what I really expect them to do is, is be careful with these leaks, be careful with the allegations, because it seems like nowadays in the news media you can just throw something out there and not necessarily always have the facts to back it up or throw some and, and really not uh, really do a disservice to some of these players and some of these teams. So I'd like to see some reporting from ESPN or some reporting from some of these uh, outlets Um that if they're wrong, they're a little bit, you know, they they understand. Maybe they learn from it the next time, and aren't so quick to throw up some some major red flags against people and organizations. And we'll see how this plays out with Manziel, Tarvin, and maybe they're right. Maybe maybe they're right. Uh, the NCAA is looking into them, but the NCAA looks into a lot of folks, and it doesn't always make front headlines. And I know Manziel and Texas A&M are going to be different right now. But you know, if this goes somewhere, great. The story broke early. But if it doesn't, you know, they put a lot of undue uh, pressure and a lot of bad press on a kid who really didn't need it for this and who really uh-huh. earned it lots of other ways. So that, that's that's where I am tonight, Tarvin. I want to see better reporting. I want to see more in-depth facts when they come out with this stuff. Well, Cuervo in the chat room says he wants to listen to the show to see if I uh, how I bashed his bears, which I didn't. I had good things to say. And he says Manziel is done. But, Trey, you're right. I mean, you would think, by looking at that Cam Newton situation, that that people would start learning more about. Okay, look, we're jumping the gun. They did serious damage to the kid's rep. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. He's he's known for the the guy that stole the laptop out of Florida and got paid, you know, to play at Auburn. And and until you prove it, he did. And that's the thing. You, there's no proof for money. And you would think that the damage they can do to a kid that they would slow off that a little bit. And the way they've hot Johnny Manziel to, to get people to watch their station and now how they're turning on him, I think ESPN sometimes, I think these guys need to be held accountable, like you said. You know, they need to be held accountable like Joe Shad needs to be gone from ESPN, in my opinion. I think he has for years. But there are some good, respectable people at ESPN, like Kurt Herbstreet, uh, Tom Lugaville, and guys like that. But Joe Shad just gives them a bad name, Trey. Well, I mean, you know, we both are, are high on what some. I mean, you can't. I guess I can't say you know a negative thing about an entire organization. I mean, ESPN is a large organization. They have very good folks. I mean, Tom Luganville is one of the most knowledgeable guys in college football. Uh, but you're right. There are other folks, and especially it seems to be on Twitter 
where people are always not only more liberal of what they say and when some of these athletes say, but it seems like some of these investigative reporters are quick on Twitter to leak a certain thing that they may have heard from a third source. I've seen it from uh, one of the SEC things we follow, an SEC blog or whatever it is, and they, they, they have the most outrageous claims all the time that are going on in the SEC, and I would say 50% of them are never true. I mean, it's just it's just they're awful. So be careful when you follow these folks that, you know, before you retweet something, you kind of, if you're going to have any credibility, before you need to, you know, do your facts. Don't, be, don't just be another outlet for this uh, sort of media um, assumptions, if it will. Yeah, and if it's true, let's 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 deal with it. Let's make him ineligible. And and just like when the can thing broke, Trey, I was the first one to say if he got paid and he did it, get him out of here, you know. And that's the way I I look at things. There's no gray area. You either did it or you didn't. And I think they need to get more proof. But if the NCAA is already investigating this, it must mean they have something because you can hear rumors and. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and you never hear anything else out of it. Like T-Town menswear with Alabama, you would think, Trey, you know, that, that something would have come out of that with the pictures of the suits all wearing Versace and the new vehicles and everything, but nothing ever came out of it. Where there's smoke, there's fire, but nothing was there, you know, like you said earlier. But I'm just interested to see where this goes. If Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel part ways, Trey, if Manziel's ineligible, how do you think they do this year? Um, I think you know. If I, I think I said eight and four. I think you're maybe give them another loss. I mean, Texas A&M is a solid team. They have a decent backup. I mean, I don't think they 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 fall too further down. I mean, I think Manziel's a talented quarterback, but I have him taking a step back anyway. So it actually might help them even meet their you know. If I say they're eight and four, and they get there anyway because they have a quarterback that nobody has tape on. So if he actually performs, but you know, I, I think Manziel plays. I think this is much ado about nothing right now. I haven't seen anything in the way of facts to make me believe this is true. Until I do, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Until you have money, Trey, you really can't tie it, can you? Until you can uh, prove no. he received money, you can't do anything. I mean, I don't think he's that stupid to to take his parents will let him take money when he's rich. And I, I don't know if this will go anywhere, but if he does, he'll be ineligible for the season. A&M will be in trouble. And here's the deal. If he plays, he's probably okay. A&M will know. But I'm, I'm just wondering – and and before we go real quick, how much hotter is this story going to be? It just broke today, so I bet by Wednesday they're going to pull out everything in his closet and they're going to rip him up and down and beat him up, Trey, and then it's going to come out. Then ESPN won't come out and say that they found nothing. They just won't see anything at all. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the point is, is you know, I, this this could be over uh, rather quickly with nothing nothing done, and this could be, something that drags on for the entire season. But, I mean, right now, like I said, I don't see a whole lot to believe that it's true. Uh, I, I haven't seen any, any, you know, money trail, and it's hard to prove a money trail in this regard. So we'll see, Tarvin. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to cut out at 10. We started at 8.30, and we'll be back in full force Wednesday night. Like I said, the closer when football season starts, we'll get, we'll get longer and longer in our show. So make sure you tell everybody about it and join us. And until Wednesday night, have a great week, and we'll see you soon. All right, see
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.